Hello and welcome back to Dealing with Doing Good, a limited audio series produced by the team at Commonplace. This series explores the challenges and meanings of doing good in a complicated world. In each episode, we sit down with people trying to make a living in the development world. Join us as we discuss with our guests the motivations, anxieties, and realizations which drive them. I'm your host, Nishtha Tiwari, an interdisciplinary researcher and co-founder of Commonplace. And today we'll be speaking with Pallavi Agarwal, a practitioner working in the space of gender and also a close friend. We'll be speaking about the question of scale, our experience of working in and living with gender, and how to better practice our beliefs. Pallavi has extensive experience in the fields of gender transformative programming and policy building and has worked with both development organizations and the government. So let's get into it. Hi Pallavi. Hi, hi Nishtha, hi Kapil. It's so good to have you here. So good to be here. <laughs> yeah. So uh Pallavi and I actually met during our masters in development studies and we've had parallel career journeys but across different themes. So uh it's really good to have you here to be doing this with you. And uh Pallavi, I'd like to hear from you about what's brought you into this field and uh how you've uh come to the present moment where you're working in this uh theme thematic area yeah um i think it's exciting to be here and also like talk to you specifically because like like you said like we've had like parallel journeys in different fields so it's exciting to also like talk about how different fields also come together in the development sector and what are the some of the common experiences that we have um how did i end up in the sector i mean like i wanted to do good <laughs> you know and and yeah like i think like for me it was mainly about like i genuinely wanted to work on gender and like you know like my passion lies there and and with the kind of education that i've had throughout my college years i think like this is something that i was very clear about that i want to pursue so so i think yeah like i think mainly like i just wanted to do good in life i guess uh yeah i think we've had uh conversations where we spoke to a lot of people in the sector who've come from this approach of doing good some people have come from fields where they were doing something else which they didn't feel was doing as good and then they came here there have been others who were working in specific sectors and they felt they could do better here and then there are other people like me and you who've studied as well right who studied this discipline and come in here so how has that experience been how has that experience been of learning about the development sector uh, i know you also did your thesis during your masters on gender itself and then entering the field so gender as it's understood within research and then gender as you moved into practice how was that sort of balance oh um, i think like there were definitely a lot of difference in like my understanding of how things work because like you know like whenever you are um talking about like gender in theory uh, uh in, in that sense you know like it's it's very different because you're talking about feminism you're talking about um gender equity frameworks you know like that you can implement on ground however like when you actually go on ground it's very different right like it's not so simple where you are just like okay like you know like these are the five ways or like 10 ways to achieve gender equity in this particular community there are multiple factors uh, that has to be accounted for multiple identities that 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 a woman is possessing so i think like there is a lot like there is a lot of difference in like you know like how gender is perceived in academia and not to say that's not valid like that's also very valid because somewhat like my learnings from academia is somewhat what i also implemented on ground while while working with uh with like women uh, and other genders in in the uh, in the field so so yeah like there is there is a lot of difference but it depends on how you're able to um you know like take your learnings from 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 your education and then implement it on the field 
um when when you are studying gender when you are researching gender like your goal is very different your goal is just to get to know more about the dynamics of the field you know like what works what doesn't work and and what can be made better which is all theoretical essentially mm-hmm. like you go on feel you ask questions and you come back and you write it in your thesis however like when you're working with gender on ground it's it's very different right because you you have to immerse yourself you cannot just go ask questions and come back to to your uh, like position in 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 a college like you have to be with them it's a journey because like um there's a certain goal the goal is not to like research and get to know oh uh, how can i make this better or how can this be made better in theory but like actually be on the field work with the women and and also realizing that women do not exist in a vacuum you know like there are multiple stakeholders in the ecosystem uh, that also we have to be worked with because there's only so much agency a woman can get um you know like by like working on herself and getting like any support just by herself like there has to be like enablers in her environment and and that's a longer work in a sense that you know like it's not just one of intervention it's not just two interviews that you're doing in a year and you step back like it's it's a continuous work that you're doing and i think like that that that's where the game changes completely because because it is it tests like a lot of your patience like you also get to see that you know like uh, how much of yourself can you push because there will be things that will be said that that are against your principles that are not quote and goes feminist or rights based because that's what our college spaces are like right like that's what all of our lecture spaces are like where we are talking about activism how we all need to be rights based talking about individual choices feel this very different than that and i think like and i think it's an interesting journey and i've loved that, that journey to be honest so far uh, in my career because like you know like like i said like the learnings that you get from from your classroom is something very essential because those are the principles that you will always have in your work and that will guide your work however your work becomes very different um your your work really becomes um you know like about about drawing boundaries as to how much am i helping or how much am i wanting to do the good for her or like do wanting to do good with her yeah that brings us to the theme of today's topic as well which is about thinking in multitudes and complexity and i think when we think of gender in our own context or in context where it's been written about it's very easy sometimes to make these bifurcations of you know how 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 is agency granted or how do relationships happen with one another and what is the ideal type to which you can aspire whereas when we are working and even in our own everyday realities when we experience that outside of theory it it can get very complex there are so many different actors involved and one thing i wanted to discuss today is when we speak of gender in this sector in the development sector it's become very you know it's become focused on women a lot and i know during our masters we studied that whole debate right like women in development gender in development and how do you yeah. push all this forward but it, all the work i've done uh, and even the research which i'm doing right now for my phd i'm looking at how so much of the development debate and the development agenda has focused on women particularly and then women have become a, a synonym for gender itself and uh, how, what what are your thoughts on that how do we how how are we thinking of gender in the development sector currently yeah i think like the way gender is being thought about in the sector it's it's like i want to say it's problematic like in a, in a way, way that you know like the category of women in itself has become very homogenous or is thought to be very homogenous where you're envisioning a woman 
you know the max that that any development organization will say is women from marginalized communities but i think like it's high time that we also realize that it's important to put like names like who are these communities are you talking about caste class religion because you know like each of these identities have very different dynamics that impact women's choices everyday choices everyday activities uh and and the decisions that they're able to make or are allowed to make even about their lives right um this homogeneity that has come in the narrative of development sector women from marginalized community empowering women from marginalized community not knowing what empowerment means not knowing who are these women where do they come from uh if if you are only to talking about cis women or you are you also talking about trans women here and i think like and and yeah like like you said like it's become very synonymous to uh, women in development sector is a will be a cis woman from a marginalized community whatever that would mean like you know like nobody ever specifies it and i think that's problematic because um ultimately when you're talking about gender empowerment right like it has to be about all genders you cannot just focus on women in general because then what are you trying to really change like i said before also like you know like we all exist in an ecosystem if you're talking about um say like you know like a upper class uh, woman from from like a very small town in in jharkhand of course like you will be able to make some impact in a way where you will see that you know she maybe like she's able to access her school freely um and if you just talk to her parents once or twice like you know like maybe you'll be able to go over that hurdle but when you're talking about say uh muslim women in 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 like these remote areas or you're talking about like you know like women from the dba community from these areas like it's equally it's more difficult because like you don't know what the dynamic of their community is right and and i think the and and that's where the question of investment comes in because everybody's picking up money on gender like right now like gender is the hot bed of like funding where everybody's like yes we want to work on adolescent girls you want to work on gender empowerment and and you know like we are raising money uh for that but nobody is specifying what does it really mean like you know how what does it really turn into in the sense that um so i took so much funding and i was able to send x number of girls to school and that's just one time approach like that's one time touch but but if that girl is able to continue like school till like say 12 is she then pursuing college after 12 did you work on her career aspirations you know because the thing is like with gender like it cannot be just a one touch thing like it it's it's a work that has to be done over the years because like it genuinely takes that long to bring about a change in any gender dynamic in any community um uh, because you are not just working with her parents now you are also working with teachers service providers um community leaders who are also sometimes priests or like you know like religious leaders and and all of them require different approaches but again the reality of the proper sector is that none of these organizations have that much of the bandwidth forget the bandwidth also they wouldn't be able to acquire funding also for this in that sense because because you know like it's it's just the the work the intersectionality of the stakeholder that you have to target to change one woman's life um it's it's a lot like that's a lot of investment and i i don't think like we are there yet in that sense so so in that sense like when we're talking about women it's it's very easy and that's why it's become so uh, synonymous to just a cis woman because that's the easiest way to go about it right like you will pick up money funders want to fund gender you are saying yes we are empowering marginalized girls and you are not accountable to what that marginalization is nobody's asking you those critical questions and you are able to um put out numbers that theek hai in like 
in like you know like in these many crores we were able to send these many like we were able to enroll these many lakhs of girls into school and that's it like that's your program which is good like i'm not saying that's bad that's also good but i feel like there's a lot more scope like that's that cannot be your way to to work with gender at scale because then you really question the the change that you are bringing about if it's long term or if it's just like a bandaid that you're putting on the situation this palvi kind of reminded me of a very recent incident that i had because it's exactly as to the points that you're making i was visiting this uh, quite old organization co old ngo organization who's been working in this space and they were they had just set up these um rural education centers that were primarily for girls and i got the opportunity to visit one of these centers and while i was visiting those centers one of their big donors was also doing their yearly review of trying to see what type of impact being is being made in the space so there was like that very classic ngo uh, activity of trying to create a spectacle of getting all the all the village community together getting all the elders together getting every single adolescent girl women into the room to showcase the breadth of work that they've done and the one of the, the donor representative that who was there he was asking very poignant questions and one of the questions he asked very like honestly was like he was focusing his conversations with the youngest women in the room because nobody would let them speak and he would go up to them and ask them he's like okay so how long have you been coming here and all the old people were like yeah yeah this they've been coming to the center for a very long time they've been studying here but then he would come back to that young woman again and again he's like okay but how long have you been studying and after a long while it kind of came out that the center even though had been in for for a year uh they wouldn't really study here they would only come here like once a week or a few hours a week because just because by the mere aspect that uh even though you have something in your space like that's very close to you because you have your family members around it was inaccessible to them um so mm-hmm. it, it the conversation that you kind of sharing really hit to me in this this experience that i had uh because you would see this ob- very obvious demonstration of trying to get funding under the notion of like we've created a space which is gender focused but in reality more often than not maybe that space is not really being used by e- e- like even going to your topic about not just women but like even women from other community yeah definitely and i think like that is something that i also witnessed especially like um when i was visiting like bihar once for one of my um like you know like projects that i was leading and and like you know like so far like we had discovered that and it was like early um in my career years and so far we had discovered that you know like oh like it's going jolly well um uh, Uh, you know like we are able to hold sessions with all all the women of the community and and like you know like so so i was just like okay like i went went there in the center where the sessions were being held and i had a conversation i'm just like okay this is great like you know like everything looks everything looks in place um these young women are questioning a lot of things they're also realizing a lot of things and they were questioning me and my work so that's great like a great conversation and i'm just like okay like we have time okay can we just take a look around the village and like see what's up and like you know i would i would just like to um like you know like just familiarize myself with like like what, what are the different kind of communities that exist here and what is the dynamics in between and while i was talking like taking the walk i realized that uh, the women that were coming to our sessions were mainly like upper caste women like young women and and women from the dalit community uh, or the bahujan community were were just not coming and and when asked upon like you know like um, the organization that i was working with is like no no we obviously try this happens like you know like we always tell them that come in come in but they won't come in and it's very clear because the thing is that they would like to come in but but here like you know like the dynamic was that the 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 parents or the community of these upper caste girls who were coming 
like they were very keen on ki hamari ladkiyan badh rahi like you know like our girls are getting this education and that they'll be they'll be the ones who'll move forward and this is beneficial to them and they were gate keeping it so even though like the organization was willing to uh uh willingly like calling like women from all communities like it was the community that was gate keeping like like you know like other communities within that village and 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 that's a dynamic that the organizations is also very scared to touch because if they do question it because it's very integral to the to the village dynamics right and if they do touch and question it they might as well be kicked out of the village and their work will completely stop there so it's also like and i've got it like at that point of time i got the conundrum of this and just like okay like because we do want to work like uh but how do we make it so that we are able to reach like every single girl in that village um that's a question that i always ask myself but i i genuinely don't have any answers so because simply because i'm an outsider again and and i think like all of us in the development sector struggle with this do i want to go for them or with them and 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 how do we balance this um because somewhere in here then we are also because if i'm saying uh, that you know no no this will be better it's also like somehow denoting to them that i know better than you and ultimately putting myself on a pedestal which is not a good practice um in our work situation so so yeah like yeah i think in my experience also what i've seen is that you know unlike other thematic areas gender is in itself a universal category in many ways and everybody has an opinion on gender because from birth you have either been assigned or you're questioning which gender category you've been placed into and so when the sector sort of assigns a project to work on gender within that you have to search for so many different things like will you work on gender through sexuality will you work on gender through education will you work on gender through health but gender becomes this overarching thing which every project tries to engage with and it's not it's not been complicated enough in some ways uh, when it comes to practicing i feel because it's it's very easy to just say gender and somebody else will have some assumption of what you're saying and uh, in in the projects that i've worked in that complicating of you know which which within gender what how are people experiencing gender what what income category are they coming from what class caste category are they coming from how is gender experienced by them who are the people they are relating to are they married unmarried are they pregnant are they not pregnant i think that entire aspect of gender sort of gets thrown out of the window and then even when that's brought in i think the sector is very far from queering gender as well it's very far mm-hmm. from you know even thinking about gender beyond the binary so it's going it's always going to be man woman uh mm-hmm. and at best they will bring in some aspects of sexuality but going further than that is just too it, it's in unfathomable for the mainstream development projects so i want to hear from you are there projects where you've seen that these categories have been brought in these you know like these complications have been brought in and how have they maneuvered through this um you know like it's interesting because i have been part of i think like projects which are on like both the ends that you have just described uh where like one one did focus on like queering the gender and like understanding like um gender dynamics from from a queer lens wherever whereas like another project that that I'm a part of is is also like looking at gender but from a very binary point of view and and I get and I get like like the rationale for both and that's where the gender at scale part comes in right because because whenever you're talking about at scale programming you're talking about high numbers and that's the focus right and and in that i've realized now that um putting complexities is always going to get you problems you know and that's and that's what what is critical in my opinion uh it's very very critical to to 
I don't know if complexify is a word, but basically like complexify like your work around gender. Like you're saying, like you know, like um, like there are so many aspects of gender. It's an universe in itself, and like you know, like where which one do you focus on? It's very difficult in that sense, right? Um, so if you truly want to work on, you know, like or if you truly want to work from a gender transformative approach, which really talks about that you're working with people who who can. who recognize these gender norms who recognize like gender binaries who are able to challenge these gender norms and binaries and who are able to then promote people from marginalized gender identities to like leadership positions like you know like essentially like that's what gender transformative approach has been um however like my experience has said like you know like um in ad skill programming like this approach is very difficult to have because in ad skill programming like your your touch base um cannot be like you cannot be meeting a girl like uh you know like more than two times a year or you cannot be or you, you won't be working directly with the girl you will be training somebody else a service provider perhaps and then the service provider will be like taking sessions with the girls or working with the girls throughout the year and that of course the quality of it always like is is something that is doubtful because you know like um the kind of perspective that you have um through multiple trainings again like if you have done like uh, training on gender and sexuality you know like one training is not going to do anything uh, in terms of like they'll get the concept like everybody will understand uh, that you know like um okay gender gender equity is a must to achieve like a equal world gender equality is like one of the setting stones for it however like to get that into practice wherein like people will have to give in some give up some privileges in order to make space for women and like you know like um uh, people from marginalized gender identities to come in uh, to to make space that's something that not a lot of people maximum people in fact are not willing to do and that's where like you know so there's only so much control on the quality of the programming you have here however when you're talking about like small scale programs you know like where you are more so like directly engaging like you're not just you perhaps might not be working with girls again like directly but your uh, touch points with with the trainers is at least like five to six times a year and you are on the field often of course like that will require a lot more investment uh, and and the scale of that won't be as much in that sense because because the again like the math is like you know like the more you invest um the more you should be able to reach out the numbers to and and you know like that's the funder approach uh but like if you if you are doing like a small scale programming in which you are touching on these complexities of gender you're looking at gender from a education point of view you're looking at gender from a health point of view a sexuality point of view um it requires like i said like a lot more touch points and in that sense like the investment also increases and if you are say investing like 2 crores in a program you wouldn't just want like a thousand um people influence right like that's just bad math for funders in that sense so 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 in that sense i think like a lot of this is actually funder driven in that sense because um in in the at scale programs that i've been part of like they i've been very clearly told at times where this is not possible because there's only so much funding that we have and in so much amount of time we can only do this much so that limitation of how funding also derives um the kind of uh elements that you want to have in your program is it's critical uh to to gender programming in general and and i think like that's a deriving factor um in fact like one more thing that i just wanted to talk about because when you were saying that you know like when you're not looking at gender from an intersectional point of view what does it really mean so in our recent training that i was conducting on uh, sexual reproductive health and rights uh with some women who are working on ground directly with girls 
on equipping these young girls with life skills so that they're able to make informed decisions about their life. So, um, so you know, like in this training, of course, you were talking about um, different things. You're talking about pleasure. We're talking about healthy relationships. We're talking about anatomy. Um, and, and, you know, it was so surprising because at the end of the training, um, this one woman like came to me and she was talking about her experience um, of like her sexual experience with a boyfriend and like telling that uh, telling me or sharing with me rather that you know like she feels that there's something wrong with her that she feels that she's not woman enough and like and I asked her that if she could explain a little bit more if she's comfortable because I really did not get the context and and she said that you know like um because like in all of her sexual experiences with a boyfriend like she's not been able to like get wet enough and and you know like that has just led um, her boyfriend of accusing her that you're not a woman and then that has really just like impacted her confidence and she also started thinking that perhaps there's something wrong with me bodily and and you know like and yeah like like she's just not a full woman in that sense and that that really has been impacting her mental health recently and and you know like while I did talk to her and I and and we talked about like you know like what her feelings like if she wants to consult a doctor on this um but at the end, like, you know, like at the end of our conversation, like I, like we were just able to figure out that, you know, like perhaps whatever was happening in sexual experiences or exposures with her, maybe like that was not the correct way to go about it for her, you know, because it's an individual experience and, and perhaps like she can also think about different things that she likes with her body. So, and, and like, you know, like, so from this experience, like it was very astonishing for me because this is a woman who, who we've been training to go on ground, talk about sexual and reproductive health with girls under the ambit of life skills. Uh, and, you know, like, inst- like talking about life skills of, such as like empathy, confidence, critical thinking, communi- effective communication. But how much of these skills is she herself able to follow? And like, you know, like how, how are we missing like such an essential part of gender, which is actually your sexuality. And this is this is a grown-up woman who's been working on field for the last six, seven years. And and that to me was like, you know, like quite astonishing that we just like skip over different parts of gender just because it's convenient, not fully understanding how it is actually impacting the overall overall goal that we're trying to reach, which is gender empowerment, right? So yeah, I just wanted to share that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big question, which even I I used to work on a family planning program for a while. And the question of sexuality and desire, that was so incredibly ignored during intention development as well. So a lot of because I was working with behavior science at that point of time, and there's this whole idea of system one and system two behavior, and we were talking about condom uptake so mm. all all the interventions would always talk about you know how do we get people to think about like how do we get them to know the benefits of condom how do we get them to be more aware but nothing would talk about when do people are having sex this is like all this information you might have it but the behavior that you're ex- exhibiting at that point of time is so different because the ways that desire works is not going to be in this very you know fashioned way where yeah. you know some information you're going to behave in exactly that way and uh, I think for me also that that idea of gender being seen when you're working as a problem to solve and then gender as it's experienced in life each day, that gap still seems to be quite broad uh, where where a woman might be able to talk about all issues related to empowerment and a lot of 
narratives that you might be able to spout but when you're actually in that moment experiencing certain things the way that gender is playing out with you that's going to be so different and i think that's something that programs still still need to think about a bit more and added to that is the question of masculinity so even in the story that you're telling me right now right like there's the whole question of how her partner is also affecting the way that she's feeling yeah. and that 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 aspect again i think in the programs i've worked in there's this individualization of the woman herself and you yeah. get empowered like you feel like you have agency that the entire focus of the program is now you are empowered enough to take your own actions forgetting that they're existing around so many people where there are genuine human emotions and genuine relationships that are that go beyond you know just a simple like exhibition of i am an i am an individual with agency and yeah. again i think that that that's something that needs to be definitely spoken about a bit more and when when we are thinking about gender not just as a woman herself but a woman in relationship to so many people around her yeah exactly and that's where the ecosystem part comes in right because like if we, if you are talking to a woman and, and okay fine like let's assume like we have been able to empower this woman whatever the indicators of skill of that might be now if this woman is getting rejected by like multiple partners or even if it's not about intimate relationship even if it's about her getting a job like that will do something um to her self esteem and all the empowerment work that we have been able to do right like that a lot of it might just get reversed so in that sense like that's when like working with stakeholders and allies is very very important because there's only so much that you can achieve by working with just women um in in that regard you know um so yeah i completely yeah. agree with you in that sense yeah. you know like this this discussion is also bringing me back to to the people who are actually working on these problems and this comes from another incident that happened when i was working on the family planning program and precisely because you know i wanted to share that a lot of the times these narratives be coded as rural areas may women are experiencing this way or they don't have the ability or the agency to be able to say this or their partners aren't accepting enough and i was sharing personal incidents with my immediate team of just three women it was just three women there and mm. you know i was telling them about my own sexual experiences to to help them realize that or not even help them realize but just to share that these are not problems which are located just in a rural area between a tip, like what you would say is a typically patriarchal relationship between a young wife and a young mm. husband but also in urban spaces where someone like me who might say that they have sexual freedom is experiencing with partners who are equally educated and supposedly woke and there are similar parallels in the problems that people are having in the bedroom space right uh, and especially com- when it comes to contraceptive uptake and contraceptive usage so this is what i was discussing with them and you know so i i shared these stories with two women and then later another one of them asked someone else and then this woman later like basically what they said was afterwards from a different source i heard that they're like nishtha ko acha lagta hoga is sab ke bare mein baat karna hame nahi acha lagta and i'm just like you know like what do you mean by acha lagta we are all getting paid to do this job and you're quite comfortable discussing experiences which other women are having like we're making insights and we're doing presentations and we're sharing it with the entire world and that's our job but as soon as we start talking about our own experiences it's like why you talking about sex you know why are you being yeah. so shameless talking about your private experiences and yeah. i don't want to share this like so, so i mean those boundaries that sort of are drawn between 
our personal sex lives which are too private and we are individuals of the agency who don't want to share this but yeah. there are beneficiaries so to say whose lives you are quite happily invading and there we're quite okay to you know talk about this and i think and i i don't i i would prefer it if everybody is quite comfortable speaking about it but that that really made me realize the kind of mentalities that exist even within even within the people who are talking speaking for gender empowerment you know like there's yeah. a big lack between uh, the kind of empowerment that you're that you're advocating and the kind of empowerment that you're able to experience and that you're able to let others around you experience uh yeah i i wanted to hear your thoughts on that since you've also been working in this space and you know like it's not just that you're speaking of gender as an expert but you're also experiencing gender as a woman and you're yeah. experiencing it in relation to others around you so how is that experience been you know like this is this is very interesting and thanks for bringing this point because i think like it's super um, we have just talked about like working with stakeholders um in under like uh like talking about programming uh, like programming with gender but i think one important stakeholder that we have not covered is is like women themselves that we are able to work with or or like you know like people from other marginalized um uh, gender identities is that you know like it's easier to to question or challenge um biases or uh, you know like in, in that regard that when you're training somebody you're training a service provider um uh you're training like the training of trainers you know like it's easier to question in a training part that okay like you know like we already have to reflect why do you think so who is this benefiting however it's as easy as it is to sometimes question in during trainings like to multiple people on 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 their own thinking it's definitely that much more difficult um to question especially like you know like like i remember this uh, especially like when you're working directly with young girls and women to question their own beliefs because you know like we all live like they also reside in 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 like a patriarchal society right and they have all been conditioned of this idea of achhi aurat buri aurat you know like a good woman and a bad woman a good woman will be rewarded in in this patriarchal society whereas a bad woman will will have like will have like shame on her will be like made fun of and you know like will not have the same privileges as a as a good woman and i think like on feel what i've noticed and not just on feel even within ourselves i think like there are certain negotiations that we've been able to make that okay these are the norms that i'll be able to challenge and i will challenge them but theek hai like these certain things i will let go of because i don't want to put in that much effort into this this is not worth it and and you know like we all have that struggle and and i think like when you see this on field like you you don't know like how to navigate this because because like and and i'll i'll give this through an example and mr this i think this happened with you only like when you and i were in malla satinao gaon um in yeah. in kumau region yeah. uh, we had met this one didi uh, whose husband had passed away and and you know like because um what is it called like when when you are like plowing the agricultural ground like only men are supposed to do it right hal jotna ha hal jotna yes uh, only men are supposed to do it but then this woman did it on her own and because hal and and like her way of challenging gender norms was that you know like okay my husband is not here but i'll i can do it however she did not do it with hal kyunki wo to sirf mard hi pakad sakte hain she did it with some other like tool which took her even longer to to like you know like plow the field in that way so this was like it was interesting to me also to understand that she is able to challenge one gender norm but she is able like she is keeping one with her in that sense 
and and that's a negotiation that we make and that's very difficult to challenge also because we all have done it in our own lives you know like when we are negotiating or navigating any situation for that matter we've all made choices that okay fine like i'll i'll perhaps like not challenge this right now maybe like later in life um and this this also is something that you get to see on ground you know like especially if you're working with young girls um te- teasing other young girls about oh iska boyfriend hai mera nahi hai ye buri ladki hai uska mazak udana and and like if she even if she's having like same similar feelings or experiences she will just never talk about it because she's been conditioned to think of this as a bad thing and to challenge that is very difficult because again like you are only with that person for so much amount of time but ultimately they are going back to the same system um same space that that have conditioned them into this thinking you know yeah. so that's that's very very difficult and that's why like the gender work becomes so dif- like so not difficult but also slow because the change is very slow the change is not numbers it's stories and to yeah. change narratives is it's another game altogether it's not something that that can be just put into numbers you know that because the enrollment number will not give you the quality how the education has been able to improve the quality of girls life in that in that sense yeah and i think that question of evidence is quite big right now especially with i mean it's always been big but right now with the way that development projects are measured funded evaluated there is a big numbers game that needs to be played to make sure that you stay in business to make sure that your program keeps running and uh, how do you see this negotiation with the idea of evidence you know like evidence dikhao ki program kaam kar raha evidence dikhao ki and and whereas not all out- outcomes are measurable and not all outcomes can potentially be scalable so yeah. how, in your in your work how have you negotiated with that oh i have not been able to negotiate this to be very honest and i'm not even to to be honest because um so again like i'll give an example for this so we were creating like in one of the organizations that i was working in we were creating like an online form of sorts uh trying to measure the outcome that that all right like you know like a lot of the topics that we were touching on were very subjective uh talking about of course like talking about gender but with the intersections of uh beauty norms with the intersections of um sexuality sexual health decisions agency uh in that sense you know like you cannot just ask like a yes or no question um you you have to like and this is again like my personal opinion like you have to like the best way to go about it so far that i found is like to create case studies to create vignettes of course like they do have their own fallbacks in theory um you know like about uh, like questioning the um questioning the not the ethics of it but questioning the working of the vignette uh, however like you know like it's it's not as simple as yes and no is it's something that's that's also hard to negotiate with in in the sense that you know like so far like the monitoring and evaluation system in the development sector have been very number centric wherein we wherein you're only focusing on how many number of trainings were you able to give to this service provider uh, how many um, students were this uh, service provider able to reach you know in that sense so it's very number centric however when you're working with gender um it cannot be number centric because here we are trying to change narratives um you know narratives of of a patriarchal society heteronormative society that we live in and that's very hard to 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 even put a dent on sometimes and you know like and that's that's again like i said like that's that's narratives 
uh, that we're trying to change and to map that like your your tools cannot be so number centric so and, and there have been like papers on like you know like how are you how are you building gender transformative evaluation frameworks and 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 that's 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 where the importance of negotiating this lies because um through this gender transformative evaluation frameworks you are you are able to capture stories because that's what your gender work is really all about because when i say like you know like change is so slow there there are some impacts that that will not happen say in a year's time that will take longer than that so how are you able to bring build many frameworks that are able to capture like a long term change or a short term change but in a more qualitative way and in that sense it's not just a system that need to be worked in but also like um people like when they're trying to do the work like like are they only focusing on number or not is also another question because i think like all of us are very uh, number driven in that sense so uh, so one of the ways that i have tried to negotiate it in the past is that you know like we have been able to build in vignettes so vignette is again like like a case study of sorts wherein um you, you give a situation to a person uh, as like you know and this person has to like just judge that if you were in situation in the situation what you would do or if this x person has done this to a y person what do you think the y person should do now so in that sense like you know like so that's how you are also just uh recording the change in perception because because in gender like 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 we've talked about so far you know like you're talking about gender from a sexuality point of view from a like from like an education point of view from an agency point of view uh and in that like documenting change or documenting the impact it's it's not as easy because it's all very narrative and perspective based and and to analyze that and to get like you know like uh the impact out of that can be very difficult so in fact like i've seen gender programs who don't measure outcome only they only measure inputs that they've been able to reach these many girls these many times a year um and that is it and we claim that this is this is the outcome it will have but where is the evidence of that out, outcome nobody knows and and i do feel that you know like it's also because a lot of this work around gender is also just we just want to send like say girls to school or we just want these girls to start or to get into these many career paths but the following up which is a longer work is something that a lot a lot of people have the bandwidth to do or are willing to invest in that so yeah yeah but is there an appetite though for this kind of evidence generation which isn't the classical like data driven evidence you know so evidence which is more narrative based more about stories or even the sort of only input approach or measuring only input approach uh, uh there is i mean there is some there are people who might agree with that approach but in terms of from a funder lens or from a even a policy lens do you think there's some appetite emerging for that or was that appetite already there i think some of it was already there but i think like with time i see a lot more um, these frameworks being developed by multiple organizations you know like within india as well as outside of india um however i'm not sure how much of it is is something that funders are willing to accept because i think that's where the ball like stops you know like it is really about how much funding are you able to acquire and what what are you doing with that funding and what is the kind of evidence that your funder is looking for what is the framework that they have in hand um, because these days like you know like funders have a full framework of like okay this is how you're going to document this is the change that we want you to measure and 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 a lot of it is 
a lot of it is still sadly number based so for example like if i give you an example of this is that uh, there was this one funder that we were working with uh, wherein they they simply just wanted the number of girls that have received like this program um and and like you know like when and they and they would come on the field and they would talk to the girls and they would like um document some of this personally but however like they like as per them that like, they were saying that their goal that because every funder has like these strategic goals that they are trying to reach in so many years for them in their strategic goals they had only like, identified like this particular number which is like the input number um and the outreach number that that they wanted so it ultimately stops at how many girls are you able to reach out to but what is happening with those girls it's it's i think the appetite is there but the systems are not there to fulfill this appetite and that's where like everybody is struggling i feel uh nobody knows how to systematize this in an efficient way because again like in in this like capitalistic world that we are all residing is like efficiency then becomes like a key this thing um and that's that's where the funding also comes in right like how are you able to reach out to maximum number of people with like limited funding it's almost like i'm having a very interesting experience listening to these conversations and these um ideas that you're sharing palvi because it like i've similar to nishtha and similar to you i've worked in some family planning projects and uh, there was one thing that i've always noticed every time we've tried to do an intervention and being a designer like design always goes in from that user centric perspective you so you try to dive into these other aspects of like how is that intervention going to interact with other aspects of your life um and this some this is something we're uncovering in other podcasts that that maybe is not necessarily always the best way or how design does it but one of the learnings that i got from one of these experiences was is like how are interventions often being talked about in the way that you were you were kind of discussing it like it's very it's very focused on the point of view of inputs like i provided you access to education um so for one of these projects that i was working for we were dealing with um, women facilitators uh, essentially like another offshoot of the ashas that uh, are with the government and during one of these discussion sessions uh, the focus of the intervention that we were kind of applying was around aspirations like what are individual aspirations that you have and how can we help you build pathways this long term change that you are talking about so this was i think more of an experiment that we were running this was not a full fledged program uh, i think it was more more of an experiment that just happened by accident um because it was just a very small team with practically no money but one of the learnings from that experiment was during this fgd session that we were conducting with these female facilitators and they were talking about um how we could kind of talk about this intervention with women in the community and while we were discussing these interventions we were on the topic of aspirations like what are aspirational hooks that we can kind of delve into and one of the facilitators she kind of uh, uh raised her hand and she came in and she started start talking about she, she basically said like bhaiya aapke liye bolna bahut aasan hai like hamara bolna bahut aasan hai ki aap sapne dekho think of these aspirations but hame aspiration se dar lagta hai kyunki aap to dikha ke chale jaoge lekin karega kaun so hmm. like she, she she told of her specific example of she's like i want my son and i want my daughter to become doctors but i know it's not going to happen because i'm not even able to make my daily uh, ends meet every day so it how do i go sell this vision to somebody else when i don't myself buy into it and that was a very poignant exchange because everything she said was i i think a great demonstration of what your kind of this conversation has been about like there's an oversimplification of problems there's an oversimplification of what is impact and we're not really getting to the core of are you really making a dent 
that's going to affect long term change and like not to say like you said access is great it is it's it's the bare minimum that we can do but mm-hmm. how do we go beyond the bare minimum and to me it was surprising that uh it, working in this space for so long and how gender has been talked about so long and in the organization i was working for uh, was majoritylyly had female in the uh, women in their leadership and this was still the outcome that was being produced so kind of interested to hear like your thoughts on um do you see like what do you feel like needs to change for this mind shift to happen do you think it's more of a transition from a quantitative to a qualitative uh, approach in terms of evidence is it more of just the funding aspect of it the funding grant cycle aspect of it or is it the individual aspect of it that nishtha and you were kind of talking about at the beginning of the episode yeah um i think it's all of it and more than all of it being all of it i just also feel you know like how in school when we had books uh, we were discussing say a certain issue um and and there would be like a paragraph on gender at the end of it or in the middle of it somewhere you know and i think that that's where the problem is with with a lot of like programming in development sector in general gender has been treated as a segment that has to be dealt on its own which i don't which which is not true at all you know because like we have discussed so far like gender is very like it's universal like it is in everything that we do in our daily lives and i feel like that's something that the development sector gets gets to like or needs to understand rather like you know like whatever programming you are doing if you're working on say foundational literacy and numeracy um you can gender that programming you don't necessarily need to create like a like a separate foundational literacy numeracy program for girls you know just gender all aspects of your work be it budgeting be it hiring be it resource building whatever it is that you are doing all of it can be gendered and we all know this right like we all we all know that all of our experiences that we have are gendered in one way or the other and i feel like that's and i feel like that's that's where we can we can perhaps begin to tackle it of course like like you said you know like um there has to be change in like evaluative systems for sure there has to be changes in in the approach that funders have towards uh, understanding change and impact especially when it comes to gender however like there also has to be change of uh, just segregating gender uh, and and making it making it into a work that is existing silo and you know like hum hum gender or sexuality pe kaam nahi karte hain but aap jo bhi kaam karte ho wo gender sexuality se intersect karega hi karega um so for example like you know like one of the organizations that i know um works on learning uh, like you know like learning abilities uh, of young children and and they have these resources on on like you know like just uh, and so resources on say like literacy and like building like numeracy and literacy aptitude of young children and a lot of the material and illustrations was very gendered so if they're talking about anything about kitchen uh, kitchen related the illustration would always show a woman in the kitchen if they're talking about something in the market as a resource there would be like men in the market selling something so you know like changes can just come in there where you just make a quick change in your uh, illustration and look at gender responsive if not gender transformative you know and i feel like if we are able to do this gender lensing of of our programs everywhere that we can every space that we occupy i think like you know like there will be a more comprehensive work that 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 will happen towards gender and and yeah like agreeing with you on on the other aspects of it i do feel that it's all of it in terms of 
um, evaluating systems in terms of um, understanding impact and, and narratives, understanding that that change around gender will take time. It is not something that you can just do in a year's time, you know. Yeah. Um, and and just to give another example for this, in fact, like you know, like for funders, for example, like I know of this one organization that works with girls um, like over a span of two, three years and invests uh, per year, invest like 10,000 in a girl. Um, that, like that's the quotation, like, you know, like per, per girl, there is an investment of 10,000, which includes um, some of the resource persons who also work with, on the ground with girls and materials and like intervention. And, and this this program is also comprehensive in a way that the organization is able to meet the, the parents and the community members in which the girls, girl is deciding in. Now the thing is, like this organization is currently only reaching out to 300 girls in a year, which is 10,000, which is not a lot of money. But imagine if this organization was to do same the same work with 30,000 girls, that will bring up their budget to 30 crores. I don't know of any funder who's willing to invest 30 crores in just reaching out to 30,000 girls for one year or two years. I mean, like the math in itself says a lot, right? So, so. In that sense, the approach and the understanding of work and investment on gender also needs to change. I'm, I'm kind of curious, and this is a question for both of you. Um, and maybe this is the, this is an observation that I'm kind of making from this discussion. Do you feel like the sector kind of suffers from over-specialization in certain topics? Like we, we've seen this in other areas of health as well. Like Nista and I've had these discussions as well, even for some of the programs that or projects that Commonplace does, it's a common conversation we have. Like, do, of course you need to pay attention and put focus on different areas to expand work in that particular space. But when it comes to implementation and when it comes to the practical element of going down into the field and getting into the messy bits, messy bits of everything, where everything is overlapping with everything, uh, the sector kind of suffers from this over-specialization complex, where if you're working in gender, you're only looking at things from a very one-dimensional gender perspective. Or if you're working in, uh, say, livelihoods, you're looking at it from a one-dimensional livelihoods perspective. And oftentimes, I hear a lot of conversations, and I think it's a very common thing that uh, which, which you kind of see in conferences of how we need to collaborate and how collaboration needs to happen. But yeah, so do you guys feel like, is it just as simple as people are just not collaborating with each other and they're just creating these specialized silos? Uh, I do think that's the case. I think like, I, I'm not sure if over-specialization is an issue, like is is like a big issue here. I do agree with you that yes, like, you know, like sometimes like what that does mean in, in, in on ground is that, you know, like everybody starts working in silos, whereas we all know that we could all benefit from learning from each other's work in that sense. However, I do also feel that there is this, this comes from the sense of competition also that, you know, like, everybody's trying to do good and to do good we all need funding and to do like to get the funding our work needs to like you know like represent something like we need to be everywhere and I think like with time I think I think in like I have only seen development sector grow so much in the last couple of years uh you know with with multiple new organizations coming in uh and and you know like with their own set of expertise uh incredibly so however like what does it mean really because I know of this this like one organization um, who accused uh, another organization of stealing their idea of work. Um, and, you know, like, like just like getting into the tussle of, no, we want to do this work. No, we want to do this work. Whereas they could have just very well collaborated and actually like made that project much more comprehensive than what either of them were thinking. 
so i think like in development sector i think it's also an issue of competition in certain sense um you know yeah yeah no i love that i think i've also had this debate with people where i'm like in this sector you know i mean sure ideas are your own uh, ip but a lot of us are firstly i don't think a lot of the ideas we're having in the sector are very novel because yeah. at the end of the day the problems you're trying to solve are not as uh, you know they're very basic problems it's just that they haven't been solved yet but there are already a lot of interventions which exist across the world which have worked on similar types of issues with much success and a lot of the ideas we have here aren't as uh, as innovative as people would like to position them as and yeah i would i would agree that they should have worked together collaborated acknowledged one another and moved on then had a tussle yeah 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 i wanted to move to a more uh, concept not conceptual idea but you know gender uh, yeah in a, in a in a theoretical sense a lot of the work that that is done in the sector even how we've been talking about it today right a lot of the outcomes are also very biologized it's very women reached out to girls enrolled uh and that actually is is a little reductionary in some ways of of what gender as an ideology or you know a world system would mean and uh, how 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 have you seen that play out in programs where with certain other issues we're actually talking about how these issues are embodied, embodied so things like religion things like caste which have till now been understood as these social categories we are we're talking about how these are embodied within people but gender has has always been spoken about in this embodied form of men and women or at best you know like like other genders people will talk about that 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 they're feeling all of this but it's not it's not spoken about from a larger sense of how you're experiencing the world how it's a world system uh, an ideology that is in operation and that i think is ignored a lot because even within programs it's like we have targeted so many girls that that only means you've targeted so many girls that does not necessarily mean that you have targeted gender you might still yeah. be educating girls to end up replicating very similar gender norms to end up uh, in a very similar life trajectory of you know like of of women within the groups that they're working in and how, how did you do you see that shift happening within your projects do you see that shift happening even if not at the ground level right but in in people around you like the like your own colleagues or uh, other people who you've worked with do you see that shift sort of taking place where people who are working on gender are speaking about gender in this way rather than just talking about it as we want to uplift girls yeah um no i don't think like honestly like i'm seeing that sort of a change i think a lot of it is also because like when you're talking about gender and and that does like somehow replicate in your work as as like working with girls and women uh and like mainly like that what that really means is like cis women uh in general so so i feel like like i though i know like why this is the case the case is because like you know like so far like all these gender related programmings have only reached the point where they're um challenging gender norms you know gender stereotypes and 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 that's where like they they stop and like you know like so when you're talking about gender with anybody at all like especially like in art skill programs that i've seen um you will train like if it's a program focused on like gender within the sections of say entrepreneurship 
you will have one session on gender norms and stereotypes and how they are harmful to girls and women in the society and how that has been historic and that's why like entrepreneurship is one of the ways where like women can get economically empowered and that can change other aspects of her life you know like that's that's like that's just one example of how like gender is then like understood within the program and is also like disseminated on the ground um however like we all know that gender is bigger than that right like and i feel like that's where the gap is the gap is in the comprehensive understanding of gender even like when i'm talking about gender transformative approaches a lot of like i think like i also put up like the story on instagram one day when i was really frustrated because a lot of these resources even international resources that are well known um by well known organizations they had put up like this gender transformative pedagogy uh, handbook manual wherein their gender transformative approach very clearly in every paragraph talked about for both genders both genders men and women men and women and i feel like it's not so so i agree in their approach as in like you know gender transformation is all about like challenging norms but it's also about challenging these binary identities challenging these identities and making sure that gender is not just men and women gender expression is much much more than that uh the fluidity concept of gender is something that i've just not seen in any of this literature and i think that's where that's where the limitation is i do know of um uh, certain organizations which are of course like smaller in scale who who are working on queer rights and who are able to look at gender from a fluid sense um but but when it comes to like these at scale programming i think like it's a very limited and again like because like i had these conversations um in in like different spaces and i've been told time and again that you know like this is another complication that you're trying to bring in people won't understand it and we don't have as much time because we only have money for these many trainings now in these many yeah. trainings like what else can you do then you know because your focus is also then on the bigger theme that you were trying to transact through the gender lens so so it's it's really this limitation or or i, I and i also feel you know like here um perhaps there is also this just not wanting to understand gender from that fluid sense of view you know what i mean like i feel mm. um just just how the queer narrative in general like is underfunded right now it's coming up yes coming up better than before but the funding for queer rights is still harder to find and i think like querying the gender is also part of that people are not interested in funding this approach or not interested but like people know that this is going to take time so the investment in it and not just like money investment but also the human resource investment is this is a lot of work you know and i'm not sure if people are there yet where they are willing to do this aurton ke haq ke bare mein sab bahut passionate hain kyunki that's also work that's been going on for decades and that's why we have reached here but this is a work that's again going to take a lot of time i feel and yeah i i don't really have an answer as to like what can be done about this but but this is a limitation that i myself also feel a lot in my work yeah yeah uh, you know, uh what you said about the human human investment there's mm-hmm. also the emotional investment right the the, yeah. the engagement with your own self with your own relations around you and uh, how how has that been for you the emotional investment that you have had in your work how has that evolved over the years now that you've been working for a few years you you did your research even during your masters with a lot of women and then you've been working with women since then how so how has your emotional engagement been for you as a person um 
I think like I've had my fair amount of highs and lows uh, in that sense because I think like I do um, yeah I think I'm working on it still but I think like there was a very high level of empathy that I would put myself into when especially if I was directly interacting with like um, people on ground uh, in that sense and like you know like things that they were going through and I would really invest in that and like really really like follow up with them like through days and then I slowly realized that I'm just one person and I'm meeting a lot of people through my work and I cannot be keeping up with this because I do have my own issues to work on right so I cannot take so much of like emotional baggage so I think like that's that's been a struggle uh though like my 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 personal experience has been really about has been about like what like this existential question always about what am I doing with this work you know where is this reaching and especially like because like recently uh I got to know that this young girl that I worked with for four years on and off like like I might have like you know like trained her like three times a year recently passed away due to a miscarriage and I've not been able to get like a full fledged information but but I do worry that you know like was it because she was not able to negotiate that if she wants to get pregnant or not or which clinic she wants to go to and of course like this is not to put the onus only on like um she was not able to negotiate it, it is also like you know like public health system um maybe like that was not uh appropriate enough to deal with the complications that she was having but but ultimately like that that, that did make me question my own work so I think like my relationship is more with the kind of work that I'm able to do and impact like bring the impact on ground is it's really been difficult because because like I said like I think like I've been very passionate about gender and having like my own gendered experiences throughout life I I I know for the fact that the like you know like the experiences that I've had as as a young girl or as an adolescent girl I would definitely not want other girls going through similar experiences we can do much much better now in the society however like it's been hard coming to terms that you know like there's only so much I can do in my own capacity I also exist in a system and and ultimately it's also on the system system's willingness to 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 do certain things and and that's where my struggle has been um in certain senses so so yeah like I would say the relationship is complicated (laughs) No, it it does sound like a lot to take on. And I think added to that, that motivation to to want to do good, right? But then to see that impact takes so long. Uh, yeah. How how does that sort of, I mean, I, and that's one of the reasons why we began this podcast, why we're also working as Commonplace, because a lot of us went through a similar moment of crisis where everyone still has that desire to want to do good. But then the more you work and the more complexity you see, you start questioning the idea of good that you have, the idea of good that you want to do and the idea of impact that you're having. Uh, and that makes it at, at both levels, right? At, as a program practitioner for you, that makes it difficult, but also as an individual and as a person who's within this space, those are some other feelings that you have to deal with. So uh, have you, in, in your programs, has that been something that you've been able to take on and then how have you been able to navigate that yeah uh, I'm not sure actually this is something that I've actively tried not to think about um this is one of my escape ways but but um no I think it's a give and take sort of a situation like you will there will there are certain situations that you'll be able to come out with winning or like you know like getting what you wanted and there'll be some situations where things will just not work out in in certain sense 
um like uh, like for example like you know like there was these uh, small uh, action projects uh, that that we used to do um, um previous like that I, have, I used to do as part of another organization that i was working with um wherein like you know like the like at the end of our uh, sessions like at the years end of our intervention uh, we would hold like these action projects where we would call in community stakeholder and after like conducting like one uh the first one itself i realized that actually again like what these girls are doing is perhaps creating a nukkar natak and and of course like it's not to say the work has not been done the work has been done beautifully with the girls um however like at the end if the girls are like you know like creating a nukkar natak on on say the harassment that they face in the community and the community members are watching it they like it yes but is this moving the conversation forward with them on on what they could do to to rectify some of these situations perhaps no and you know uh, however like you know like understanding that maybe like this is the bandwidth of this program and this is this is the bandwidth of what i can do right now and and being okay with that has been a journey and i think like it's been yeah like i said like it's it's just yeah. given taken certain situations like you win some you lose some yeah but i i think i mean speaking to you today it's been you know i can see that you are still very passionate about this it's not like you've you've experienced all of this and then said nahi ye nahi karna you know it's been like okay i'm seeing all of this but how can i work to do it better and i think that's that's a good place to be for all of us cuz i i've also been working in health for a while and it's a similar journey gone through where i'm like okay this is not possible at all but maybe this is one space where we can push it a bit more and these are spaces which will take much longer to actually do good in or do good in the way that i would like to do good in yeah and also understanding perhaps that good is not so like it's not so black and white you know yeah. like it also means different things to different people so for me i might think that oh this is not good enough for this girl but but they might just think no this is actually like this is what i want is right now and that's okay and maybe like other things i can also work on later so also identifying that my definition of good does not necessarily always mean like the stakeholders definition of good so aligning myself with that is also very important yeah and in your personal journey has this like this work has it affected how you've engaged with the world with maybe people in your family people around you oh. friends <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely i think um yeah i think especially with my family it's been a lot uh, they don't first of all they don't understand uh, i come from this um you know like upper caste upper class family from up who are all involved in business and here i am the sole <laughs> like literally the only girl in the family and it's a big family who's who's here in delhi working on her own making her own living you know and and yeah like it's been they they don't understand my work they don't understand my politics they don't understand why i would work so hard for the work that pays so less um you know but so so yeah like it's been it's been a struggle but i think in the last 5 6 years um they they have really realized that you know like this is what i want to do this is my passion and they articulated it in a very funny way uh but i think like in certain ways i have also because because i do strongly believe that personal is political you can for all the work that you're trying to do on gender on ground like you got to start with your own personal life and and that's where family also comes in so i think like um i do see certain changes in my family uh, around certain norms gender norms of course not any revolutionary change that i have been able to bring about but i think one of the major learnings is that change will take time however like 
I do celebrate small wins. But yeah, like no, definitely it has influenced a lot of aspects of my life. In fact, like even with my friends, we get we just talk a lot more about like gender programming in general. And I think like before this podcast, also I was talking to a couple of people to just understand their own their own perspectives around it. Also, and it was interesting. And then I think like. the network also that i've been able to form in my life is also very passionate about the same subject or at least like they can match like my passion uh, so yeah i know it's it's been part of every every aspect of my life and and i and i like that i love that actually yeah uh okay so we'll just move to the last question which is where do you see this sector going pallavi and what's next for you in it that's a heavy question um I feel the developing sector should be working towards erasing itself. I mean, like that's the whole point, right? Like we want, we want things to develop to a point where we are not needed anymore as a sector. Um, however, I don't think it's doing that, you know. And I think like that's that's the way, that's that's the aim that it should be heading towards. But I think, I I definitely see it not going towards that. But it, I think like it is, it is. Um, diversifying in a way that the number of issues that people are working with uh, the kind of approaches that people are working with have definitely diversified have become a little bit more right space um and and that's nice to see and where do i see myself uh, i see myself working in this sector would like to do continuing with gender is also like look at like policy making around gender and how does that and policy making not just at national level but also international level where in a lot of these um you know like un uh, re- uh resolutions and and like you know like cedo like how how does that like how how that has been ratified by india and how does that in, in, like influence like our national policies and how does it really trickle down to um to like yeah people uh, with different gender identities okay uh, no we wish you all the best with that and it was a pleasure having you here today and thanks for sharing your thoughts and your time with us thank you thanks for having me this was fun